0: Resistance. Resistance is what holds all of us back from reaching our true potential. But have you ever considered what resistance really is? And more importantly, if you have considered what resistance really is, have you sought out a way to overcome it? Today, that is exactly what we're going to dive into how to overcome the resistance that you feel in your life that is holding you back from reaching your peak potential. See, I believe there's a certain amount of self-mastery that all of us are in search of. I mean, think about your own life right now. You have things that you are very talented at. I have no doubt. You have things that you're in the process of becoming very talented at then you have a handful of things in which you have little to no talent. The same holds true for me. It's essentially how we're wired. But as I refer to self-mastery today, I'm referring to it much more in the ability to have self-control or the ability to exert a strong will against your impulses that then will help you steer your future in the direction that you desire. But ultimately, that's only one aspect of the term self-mastery. I mean, self-mastery is just a a word that is used, of course, has the requirement of a vision for your future. And with that vision that you would have, you'd have to harness it to realize the vision. There's an exercise I take my clients through that is a goal-setting exercise that projects forward across 12 key areas of life. And in this projection that we walk through, we take special time to feel the emotional charge of what that desired outcome would actually mean. It's okay if one of your desired outcomes is to have a million dollars in the bank. But if there's not an emotionally charged feeling around what it is like to visually see your bank account balance have $1 million in it, the likelihood of you achieving that goal is far less. This is what many refer to as your quote-unquote why. Why you're doing what you're doing. You see, when we learn to master ourselves by getting out of our own way, That's one of the key basics that I find with everyone, including myself, right? How many roadblocks do we put up under our own volition? When we get out of our own way, you start to strip away and you realize who and what you really are. And that helps you become a more actualized individual. Go back all the way to some of my first two or three podcasts on this show. Jump into spiral dynamics and what that means as it pertains to Claire Graves and Don Beck, and then jumping into Ken Wilbur's work. And the actualization process is what so many of us are really after, right? It's the growth and evolution of how we are able to view and deal with moment by moment, day by day situations. I'm going to help point out today some of the pitfalls that can exist during that process and ultimately what you can do to help support your personal development efforts. In order to do so, I feel like it's very important to take just one step back for just a moment and discuss self-mastery. Because self-mastery is a path, ultimately. It's an orientation that you would have to choose and hold on to inside of yourself and then your view as to the world. Essentially what this means is it would have to be a never-ending commitment to improvement. It's a process of becoming that never ultimately arrives. And from that standpoint, it's based on the realization that there are parts of you and I both that will always try to hold us back. The craziest thing happens when I really dive deep with someone. And I hope you find it to be true for yourself. The biggest naysayers that exist in your life, the ones that hold you back, the ones that talk poorly about you, that say you can't achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, they're not actually external. They're all inside of your head. They're all within us. So when you become committed to this passive self-mastery, you have to be willing to seek out Transcension of the fear That's holding you back And then that would mean that you would break through The resistance that appears in front of you This level of personal mastery If you will Implies that there's Something that you would possess As it pertains to self-awareness That would be necessary To identify the source of a resistance And then to have the tools And the creativity to find ways to go beyond it. I've had so many of my one-on-one clients, and even in groups, share common beliefs about self-mastery. And one of the most common beliefs is the fact that they believe it's all about just controlling your basic impulses. I don't know that I adhere to that. And More specifically, I know from where I sit... That, that actually leads so many people down the wrong path. Self-mastery as it pertains to me and the way that I view the world is not about controlling yourself or dominating those fears. It's about getting to know those parts, accepting those parts, realizing they are a part of you, and then transcending around them. This allows you to begin to finally resolve your inner tensions. You can find wholeness and allow the natural process of personal development to take hold and i approach it this way because i truly believe that self mastery is your and i's destiny i believe that that's why we are put here on the planet is to learn our lessons to grow ourselves and our spirit and then i do in fact believe that eventually we get to decide if we'd like to come back or not and i say decide A lot based off some of the work from Mike Dooley. He's got some fascinating work as it pertains to this thing, this experience that you and I are having right now, which is a spiritual existence having a human form, right? We're viewing life through this human eyes. You're listening to me through your human ears. And before you tune out, hear me out just for a second. We'd have to assume that everything inside the universe, let's just say you believe in God and whatever God means to you, honor it. I love you for it. But if God created all, universe, trees, mountains, oceans, streams, you and I, everything that exists, and God also created the universe, that would mean that there's some finite, infinite rather, power source that we're tapped into, that we're a part of. And that we got to choose to come here to learn our lessons. Because nothing happens on accident. The universe as a whole is a perfect mathematic equation, which means you and I cannot be here by chance. It simply doesn't make sense. It would break the equation. And I share all that because I'm fascinated with the thought processes that we all go through. And as you've heard me share before, psychology is a big rabbit hole for me. I mean, sure, I help motivated entrepreneurs increase their income and do it in a short period of time so they can spend more time with their families right and without fear of their business collapsing I just signed up a, a handful of clients that are looking to throw an extra fifteen thousand dollars a month on their bottom line in the next 90 days got a couple more spots open for that if you're interested so just email me prerequisite are you have to make at least 10 grand a month right now right it doesn't work if you're not there it's not that there's anything wrong with you if you haven't hit 10 grand a month in personal income. Just the system doesn't work. So, if you want to go from 10 grand to 25 or 30, this is spot on. I share all that as a lead in to knowing how much psychology actually matters across the board with everything that you and I do each day. And one of my favorites that I'm studying right now is Abraham Maslow. And there was a conversation that, at least, is claimed to have been had with some of his doctoral students. And I'm going to paraphrase this, and I probably will butcher it just a bit, but he said something along the lines of, if you want to be one of the very best, and you want to become one of the very best that you are capable of becoming, if you begin to deliberately plan to be less than you are capable of being, then you'll end up being unhappy for the rest of your life. You're essentially evading your own capacities and your own possibilities. A better way to say that, and again, I know I probably butchered that, but is essentially if you feel called to be the best and you do anything ever throughout the day to not honor being the absolute best in the thing that you wish to be the best in, you're going to be unhappy. And think about how many times you have refused the call to adventure. Refuse the call to develop your innate capacities to fulfill your destiny. Fighting this, when you fight this, when you resist this, it always brings upon what? Depression, anxiety, frustration, anxiousness. But when you begin to embrace this pursuit of a destiny, it leads to tremendous fulfillment, happiness, and freedom. You and I have an intrinsic motivation towards massive growth and expansion. That's why you're listening to this show. You want something more. For whatever the reason, you feel like the words that come out of my mouth could have an impact in your life. I do believe that to be true. I know all the clients I've ever worked with, all the people I've ever spent time with, and all the people I'm currently spending time with are seeing tremendous changes in their lives. Because they're forced to see a new perspective, they are held accountable, and they are shown a proven process that works time and time again. But that's because they answered the call towards the growth. Right, this drive towards growth is easily observable if you're questioning if this is real. Think about the last time you saw an infant that was attempting to master the skill of walking or potentially language, using their words. That infant would have continued and continued and continued until they were able to walk around and use their words. If for any reason you don't believe this, just look around. As you're in your car or at the gym or wherever you're consuming this, do you see any adults crawling around on the floor, not able to speak? Of course not. But what do we observe in most adults, right? The same group of people that are around us. You see, in some, in a very rare occasion, you end up finding curious individuals who always remain committed to developing their brains, their bodies, forging new skills for both work and play. That is me. Hands down, 100% positive, that is me. There's a good chance it is you as well because you're listening to this show. But my question to you would be, is it a ruthless commitment to personal growth and development Or is it something you're just dipping your toe in the water in to hopefully find a quick fix? Because it's been found that in self-actualized people, in virtually every field of interest, business, arts, musicians, philosophers, everywhere, the top of the heap, the pinnacle, the best of the best, are the ones that never stop learning. See, many adults, those same ones that are around you right now as you're listening, are just simply not committed to continuous growth and development. They probably, maybe with knowing it, maybe without, become consumed by life's countless demands that it exists upon them. Have you ever given yourself some excuses to forgo your personal development path? Have you ever said to yourself, I just don't have the time? Or potentially, I'm too tired. This is too much work. Or the best of all, I'm not sure what I want. That is the biggest crock of shit that I have ever heard. For you to say ever, I don't know what I want, is a lie. Close your eyes right now and envision what it is that you want. You might say, oh, I'm torn between two two different objects. I don't really know what I want, Ryan. There's two. Great, pick out a take a coin out of your purse or out of your pocket, maybe out of the change holder in your car. Call one side heads, of course, one side's tails. Imagine that one of the things you want happens when you flip heads. One of the other things happens when you flip tails. Flip that coin up into the air. Catch it on your hand. Don't open your don't open the coin yet. Don't see what it is. You are secretly hoping in that moment when the coin was flipping in the air, that one of the two choices would be found. That, my friends, is what you want. But have you ever been curious if there's something actually more scientific that is keeping you from growth? That's maybe blocking you from your personal evolution? There's actually two powerful forces as far as I know. And that one is growth and one is safety. You know, in some of Maslow's work, I believe this is in Toward a Psychology of Being he states very clearly that these two powerful forces are inside of every one of us with a human condition. A drive for growth, and then its polar opposite, opposing force, a drive for safety, because they are not the same thing. Growth will propel you and I forward towards wholeness based around self to discover your and I's uniqueness. But an opposing force will lead you and I to defend ourselves, right? Our current situation. We cling to the safety out of the fear of the unknown of what could be. The force of safety is keeping you where you are at right now. When you cling to the past and you're afraid to take chances, it's almost impossible to improve your current condition. This safety-seeking side is afraid of independence. It's afraid of freedom. The very thing that your growth side is demanding. How profound is that? That the duality of the nature of your psyche between growth and safety, the things that are keeping you in place are the exact things that need to be leaned into to have the growth become your default mechanism, and from that standpoint, for you to begin to become more actualized and feel more holistically full. And as I say this, I want you to think about what you focus on, right? When I'm saying all this, where does your mental capacity lean towards? Are you maybe saying right now, Ryan, I, this is exactly right. I'm super constricted. I'm, I'm all stuck in safety. Or maybe you're the one saying, right, I'm growing, I'm expanding, I'm pushing on every edge of the box every day. No matter which one you said, where you focus tends to guide the direction of your life. So if you focus on the dangers of growth, your inherent need for safety is probably going to win that day. However, if you're able to be shown a system of tools to minimize the danger of your emerging uniqueness then a world of entirely new possibilities will begin to present itself. See, can I have some, some more Maslow to share with you? I like to refer back to the people or the teachings that have allowed me to gain this perspective. And I can't say this perspective is the absolute truism, but it is certainly something that has brought me solace in the craziness that is my mind. Because as I push and grow and look to expand and do more and achieve more and help more people and impact more lives and see more people become financially abundant, it leaves me curious consistently to as to why some of us lean into it and some of us seem to be stuck in the never-ending loop of not having quite enough. And Maslow points out that all of us end up being confronted with an ongoing series of choices throughout life between safety and growth. And if you look at safety and growth differently, it's a facing of independence versus dependence, progression versus regression. It's always there. It never leaves. And so there's dangers associated with growth, right? Right? there's a valid reason why you might fear growth. Because in addition to rewards and gratifications that come from growth, there can also be a significant amount of pain associated with that. I mean, each step you take towards a path of growth is unfamiliar. For all you know, there's inherent danger right around the corner. Each step towards that path is going to require you and I to both give up something familiar and satisfying about being who we were in that moment. To have the growth that you want, it ultimately means separation. Separation from self, separation from definition of who you believe yourself to be. And a death and ultimately rebirth that comes from the loss of old. This means when you grow, you have to give up something easier and simpler. right? You're pushing into a more difficult place. And when we grow, you and I, the path of growth often means taking on more demands and responsibilities, which leads to a more difficult life short term until that becomes your new static reset. Is there any wonder when you look at this from the outside, why you might be avoiding such pain? It makes sense. So what happens when your safety trumps the growth that you want? Does this mean you should throw aside your concern for safety? That once the safety t- tossed to the wind, then you can grow? Absolutely not. Not in my perspective. See, safety is a more basic human need than growth, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In the absence of feeling safety, the will to grow is generally not present. So think about that. If if you don't have a level of safety, right? if you're not able to produce income at a certain level, if you don't have your base level needs met, if you're always worried, the ability to think to grow is almost impossible to tap into because the growth that you're searching is a higher level of his hierarchy of needs. For example, let's say a young child is clinging to your leg while they're trying to attempt to walk for the first time. If you or I abruptly exit the room to answer a telephone or to grab something from the kitchen, there's a pretty good chance that child is going to just stop, just sit on the ground because it's safer. Sometimes choosing that safety is wise and sometimes it's appropriate, right? I mean, if it helps you avoid more pain than you can bear in the moment, of course it makes sense. But ultimately, you need to know that if you consistently choose safety over growth, in the long run, you're going to look back at your life with an inherent sense of disappointment. If you cling to your safety for too long, which might be your story right now in this moment, you're going to wake up one day and look back on your life that never was. An ultimately unconscious life that was filled with regrets and missed opportunities, and my friend, you don't deserve to have that be your truth. Moving simply in the direction of safety, you're denying your ultimately unique destinies. So, how do you know when you're on the right road to growth? Right, but this podcast is pushing you towards some sort of growth. You're consuming something new, but how about something a little more subjective? So, when you're pushing towards growth, you're more likely to experience feelings of happiness. A zest for living, joy, and calmness. You probably feel more confident in your ability to handle the problems that come along the way. When the force of safety dominates you or I, internally we have all these signs of self-betrayal and regression, and you can become fixed and rigid based out of fear. That place leaves you consumed with an entirely different set of emotions, some in which you might be feeling right now. Do you feel bored? Do you feel anxiety? Do you feel like you're not aiming at anything? Do you feel empty? Do you feel lack of a certain sense of identity? Maybe some level of guilt or shame? Those are all key indicators that you're more leaning towards a side of safety. But fear and the need for safety won't inherently ever go away. That drive for safety helps support our basic survival. However, courage and the need for growth are also part of what it means to be a human being. I'm going to encourage you to courageously begin to walk the path of self-mastery so that you're able to realize your truest potential and begin to live the uniquely meaningful life you're destined to live. I have another question for you. Have you heard the term homeostasis before? Do you have a rough idea of what it means? I'll define homeostasis for our conversation as simply finding balance in a system. Right? An ecosystem, uh, a household, it's just peace and serenity, right? It's it's neutrality. Well, homeostasis actually influences your ability to grow and develop there's a very, very high chance that you have an intrinsic fear of failure. That leads you to having more of a fixed mindset. And in that fixed mindset, if you're you're curious what that means, failure ends up evoking emotions of shame, humiliation, frustration, defeat, embarrassment. It actually damages your already fragile self-esteem. But what about the opposite of failure? What if you don't fear failure? What if you fear success? That's an actual thing. Before you laugh and scoff, let me discuss what I believe that to look like. Because the reasons for this are not nearly as obvious. I mean, of course, success should bring a sense of achievement internal and external rewards, even a greater sense of confidence. So why would we fear it? Why do we oftentimes subconsciously self-sabotage our entire development? George Leonard offered a powerful reason. Homeostasis. It's almost just that simple. We end up fearing success for the same fundamental reason that we fear failure. Movement in either direction, up or down, means moving out of the known and into the unknown. Urani's internal system are literally designed to maintain homeostasis. We're genetically and bio- biologically wired to stay in balance. From the food you eat to the way that you sleep to what goes on in your brain, you're wired to stay with what is known as comfortable. Your body, your brain, ultimately behave in a way that has a built-in mechanism to stay within inside a narrow range and then return to center when they get too far outside those limits. In your bloodstream alone, homeostasis is going to regulate the content of water, sugar, fat, protein, calcium, everything flowing around. That's why we excrete, right? That's why we go to the bathroom. That's why we get muscle cramps. All of your self-regulating systems have ways of maintaining homeostasis and keeping you in the familiar and safe territory. So keeping you and I... In a state of homeostasis is literally taking billions of interconnected signals coursing through our brains, our bloodstreams, our nerves, the little fibers of our being. But to better understand homeostasis, I'm going to talk about your home's HVAC system, right the heating and cooling system. If you set the temperature, for example, at 65 degrees, when the temperature drops below 65 degrees, something's going to, you know, send a message to the thermostat to turn on the heat. It's all self-regulating. But the opposite would be true. If the home was consistently, because it's too hot outside, it was up at 70 degrees, magically the air conditioning is going to kick on, assuming you have that, to bring your temperature of the home back down to 65. Every human being is in a state of consistent homeostasis just in that same way. So the challenge is that homeostasis inside of you and I doesn't ultimately distinguish well between the change for better and the change for worse. The homeostasis that exists literally just resists all change, period. In a way, you and I both have this pre-installed mechanism that is perfectly designed to hinder urinized growth. But homeostasis isn't just biological. It also operates inside of social and cultural ecosystems as well. Let's say you and your peer group tend to be sedentary. You avoid physical exercise, your homebodies. And then you decide to engage in physical activity. There's a pretty good chance your peer group, your social circle, is going to exert a certain amount of societal pressure to stop your efforts. So now not only do you have to contend with your own personal biological resistance, but you must now overcome the gravity of your peer group pushing you down. So whenever you try to adopt a new empowering behavior, you can experience with almost complete certainty this certain downward pressure. Although you might hope in the back of your mind for your family, your friends, those are closest to you, to support the new changes you're going through, group homeostasis exerts pressure to maintain old patterns. Those people don't care. And the worst part is this process actually operates unconsciously. They're probably not even aware of their unsupported behavior. So despite the absolute best intentions of all the people that are closest to you, they're going to try to keep you exactly where you're at. So when you grow, you become different. You expand your capacity. You're no longer the same person. And what happens then as a byproduct is the homeostasis that would exist inside of your environment, of course, that includes your family, friends, co-workers, people you connect with, it's affected. It's changed. And growth ends up causing pressure and discomfort for other people. And it causes that because they themselves also have this unconscious desire for growth as well that they're unable to tap into. So the people in your environment begin to look at you differently. Some may actually admire your changes and become inspired by you. But it's a very small number to start with. The majority of them end up having envy for you and secretly are going to despise you. Your friends and family are the ones that are quickest to say, oh, you've changed. You think you're better than us now. Oh, you've got this system you're following. What criteria do you, does this person have that's teaching you the system? It's all just based off of old patterns and their level of homeostasis for themselves and the ecosystem. Pay it no mind. Because when you become aware of these tendencies... It actually allows you to feel the social pressures. You certainly shouldn't run from the fact you have feelings, but it enables you to feel them without having it influence your behavior. And when you can do that, it actually continues to push you down a path of evolution and growth because it helps you become more compassionate towards yourself and to others. want to take just a moment and ask you to do me a favor. First and foremost, if for some reason you have not taken a moment of your time, which I inherently value tremendously, to leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you consume this podcast, I would sincerely appreciate it. Number one, it lets me know I'm doing a good job and that makes my ego feel good. Number two, it lets other people considering listening to this show see that there's good quality content. And number three, iTunes ranks podcasts based off of social interaction. And the more I get, the more people hear it. second favor I have of you is actually to hop over to humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize. I know I've called this out before, but there are some changes happening inside HPI that you need to become aware of. Not only do they have the personal development courses, but they're now leaning into how to become the best mental advocate for health practitioners. What that means is if you have your own business inside of a gym where you're a personal trainer and you offer diets, meal plans, maybe even use an MLM company and you're leaning into things that way, that's the right path to go down to ensure the fact you see more of what life is. That's humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize. And then, of course, from this show, if you have good quality content that you're looking to consume, head over to optimizelifeshow.com, create yourself a custom login. It's completely complimentary and download the show notes and the valuable resources attached. Each show that I produce, there's a PDF that comes along with it that helps progress you forward and shows you more of what life can be. So I want to talk about the psychological fear that's associated with growth. Because it actually is a real thing. There is fear that exists inside of your head based off growing. And just point blank, this is a thing that I don't think many people talk about. The initial path of self-mastery, of evolution, and creation can be a lonely one to start with. While discovering a great talent inside of yourself that demands a certain amount of nurturing will be exhilarating. It's also going to bring about a fear of a feeling of danger and responsibility. My friend, it's going to require you to stand alone for a little while. And I believe it does that intentionally because it cultivates a certain level of inner strength. And that inner strength is there. So it doesn't require you to seek support from your environment. Sometimes, though, you can find people that will support your efforts, too, especially if they're on their own path of self-mastery. Hence, joining the Life Optimization group inside of Facebook. We're 700 members strong or so that are literally focused on just progressing our lives. There's no expense associated with that either. There's no marketing. There's just a tribe and community to help move each other forward. Because we know, and I know, that standing strong can feel like a very heavy burden. And not only will it feel like a heavy burden at times, it feels like a thankless endeavor. And when that happens, we start to avoid it. Because this path to personal growth and self-mastery is inevitably very difficult at times. Anybody that tells you it's it's comfortable moving from the known into the unknown is lying. Because even if the known that you have is not ideal or even necessarily desirable to you, it is familiar to you. Because if we accept the fact that you and I both have the need for safety as human beings, then there's always going to be a certain level of attraction staying with inside the familiar. So if you make peace with homeostasis... That's great, but you're going to have to continue to challenge yourself to establish higher homeostasis set points. So honor your need for safety, but courageously step into your own beautiful unknown. Enjoy the practice for practice's sake. The transformation that you are seeking is going to be slow, but it should be steady And should be daily. It makes it way easier to achieve. See, Abraham Maslow has 13 characteristics of self-actualization that he observed in certain individuals that had positive mental health. I'll share those on another show. If you're interested, just Google Abraham Maslow characteristics of self-actualization. They'll all pop up. But no matter what you are going to learn, you're going to go through the four stages of development, Covered this in other shows. When you don't know what these stages are, at least two of them will end up completely messing up your development. When you know what to expect, however, you can reach those final stages of personal mastery much easier. I'll dive into those going forward as well, but it's. You know, unconsciously incompetent, unconsciously competent, consciously competent, right? We, we walk through a progression on the way that we view our own psyche. So I actually have 10 secrets that will help you achieve peak performance for yourself. Because once you begin to understand the psychological drivers that are blocking your growth, you can turn your attention towards ways of overcoming them. So the very first one is to accept the resistance. As crazy as it sounds, just accept the fact that you have resistance to positive change. Don't beat yourself up. Those feelings of shame and guilt that you will have are only going to delay your process because when you feel bad, you tend to reinforce bad habits. So in contrast to that, your level of self-acceptance, self-compassion, are going to allow you to take note of your resistance without criticizing or judging yourself. The second is to create a compelling vision, right? That's that goal setting I spoke about. A clear vision will serve you in any areas you're seeking growth and improvement. Without a certain level of vision, your efforts are going to be aimless and they're going to tend to meander. It's just the way it works with all of us. The next is to commit to a long-term practice. You're going to have to understand that transformation, my friend, does not happen in a single moment. It happens in a series of moments. And while change happens in an instant, it's the buildup and the consistency to get there. No No matter if you're learning a new skill, practicing a new instrument, or doing something as meditating, every new skill is going to require your brain to make new connections and enforce those connections through repeated practice. Your brain is like a muscle. But, like any other muscle, as you age, it's going to take longer and longer to make lasting changes. So repetition through daily practice is the best way to yield results. The fourth secret, expect backsliding. Even when you know about the process of homeostasis, it's still going to influence you. Backsliding is inevitable on the path to growth and self-mastery. Here again, just be kind to yourself, accept yourself, experience a level of self-compassion. Getting down on yourself is only going to halt your progress. The fifth secret, live in a principle of moderation. You and I both, my friends, I'm probably more guilty than you, demonstrate a tremendous amount of enthusiasm and excitement when we begin a new thing. We see this world of endless possibilities and positive changes right outside of our doorstep. So in those moments of excitement, we push things too hard. And when we push things too hard, the homeostatic response is on high alert. Self-mastery, my friend, if we accept the fact it can't ever ultimately be achieved, is not a sprint. It's a long-distance run. That means you're going to have to be on it essentially forever. The sixth secret that I have is to simply lighten up. Don't take yourself or this process too seriously. It'll derail your efforts. There's an inner primal part of you. Primal parts of your brain that are going to revolt against you trying to sabotage your efforts. So laugh at it. Take a lighthearted approach. Be willing to just be playful and find ways to make your practice something you enjoy. The seventh secret is to set many goals. In any path to mastery, you learn to practice for practice sake, not to achieve a particular outcome. Keep the compelling vision present in your mind. But your intention shouldn't be just set on achieving these aims. Set many goals along the way to keep you engaged in your practice. The eighth secret that I have is for you to cultivate a certain amount of physical energy. No matter what your road to mastery that you tend to want to walk down, you're going to need a healthy reserve, ultimately plethora, of physical energy. You're going to need that because you're going to have to manage stress. You're going to have to overcome resistance and have follow-through. Your willpower has kind of a fuel tank. It gets depleted when your energy supplies run low. So... If you commit to a daily practice in the morning, you're going to be much more likely to follow through because you have more energy present in the moment after good night's sleep. After a long day of work, your egos get depleted, we don't have the mental energy, and practice becomes more difficult. The ninth secret is to be brutally honest. Having a certain level of self-assessment is essential for anyone pursuing a level of mastery. You must invest a tremendous amount of energy. Up until this moment, in some capacity, lying to yourself and lying to others. That makes it very easy to fall prey to your ego being inflated. Seeing yourself as bigger than you really are. Or, having your ego be deflated. Seeing yourself as less than you are. Self-honesty and integrity free up all of our energy. And allow you to start honing in on your true feelings. The best way i found to help manage that is to keep that private journal where you can express your hopes, dreams, and fears and other emotions that you are not comfortable sharing with others. And the 10th and final secret is to establish empowering rituals. I have the optimized date, the observation tower, and the frame that are necessary components of each day for me. Those are my rituals. They are not habits because they cannot be broken. They are part of who I am and what makes me myself. These are daily practices that are the most powerful thing that I will ever do is simply doing these 10 small things. Let's talk about why there's some resistance. That resistance that you have is going to take various forms. And when you understand the source of your resistance, you can navigate around it and through it. So, if you want to truly achieve a level of personal mastery, one of the best ways to do it is to learn how to avoid extremes. Don't seek heightened levels of passion and excitement. Live in moderation. It helps. See, there's a rigidity of a fixed mindset that exists as well. And only with a love of learning are you able to start to maneuver through that fixed mindset. You must truly believe with deep conviction that you are capable and divinely determined to achieve your level of greatness. You have to know in your heart that you have the potential to actualize and the will and grace to make it. So you have to know this, my friend, you are incredible. You are a gift. The music that is in your soul has to be shouted from the mountaintops and people have to hear it. In order to have this resolve, you must change your fixed mindset. Another thing that's going to slow you down is when you say, I know how to do that. I already got that. This single belief stops learning, destroys creativity, and inhibits personal mastery. Same thing with, I'm just a lazy person. It's a definition you give yourself that's not ultimately true. Repress your laziness by trying to deny it and push it through and in. In the end, it's going to hijack you. Allow yourself the grace to be a little tired, to fight through it. And one of the best ways to do that is to increase your sleep. Peak performers in virtually every field of sleep tell all of us to sleep more, not less. It's virtually impossible to walk down any path of self-mastery or personal development when you're worn down, when you're disinterested, and when you're drained. Fatigue itself causes a form of resistance. But our natural state is actually one of mastery. However, many things in life pull us out of this state. And after a while, we lose access to the state of mastery. You might even believe it's impossible for you to access it. Now, of course, this isn't true, but it's a belief that's now part of you. So you start by crafting your plan for personal mastery. What can you do to promote your continued growth and development? One reason many of us fail is because you lack a plan. The plan can be simple. It can fit on a single sheet of paper. But it must be created by you with an understanding of human potential so you are aware of what's available to you. If you'd like additional help, that is part of what I help people with, creating the plan. I know that every one of us needs a map, a mentorship, accountability, and a plan. And once you create the plan, you're going to need somebody to hold you accountable to it. And once you have somebody to hold it accountable to it, you will achieve quicker results with a mentor that has already been there. Yes, that should and could be me. But if it is not me, it has to be someone else that gives a damn enough to push you when you start to retreat backwards. Because discovering a great talent, capacity, or strength within yourself is going to bring about feelings of danger and responsibility. It's going to demand at some point you stand alone, cultivating your inner strength instead of seeking external support. The path to growth and self-mastery is inevitably difficult. It's uncomfortable moving out of the known and into the unknown. And even if the known is not ideal or desirable, it is always familiar to us, so we stay there. All human beings have this need for safety, and there will always be an attraction to staying within the familiar. So simply make peace with the homeostasis. But continually challenge yourself to establish a higher homeostatic set point. You should honor your need for safety, courageously guide yourself into the great unknown, and enjoy practice for practice's sake. The biggest Biggest thing you can do is transform yourself slowly, steadily, and daily. I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.